Hey, you already know what it is, man. On this episode of Commas, man, I'm going to be discussing the middleman. I can't wait. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, guys, man? Thank you so very much for tuning in to Commas yet again, man. We got another episode coming to you right now, uh, and I'm so excited about this one, man, because this is a topic that I've really been talking to my inner circle about, man, uh, for years. I mean, for years. This has been a long discussion that we would always have whenever people would get discouraged, whenever my friends would get discouraged, whenever I would get discouraged, whenever we would be in between jobs, whenever uh, money would get tight, change would get strange. You know what I'm saying? Um, whenever we hit these these plateaus in life, um, I had got this concept of middleman, like the middleman. Like I, you know, for those that know me, know that I, for the past for 10 years of my life, I pastored a church, um, was in youth ministry, uh, grew up. My grandfather was a pastor. Um, I was around my grandfather. He had a big influence in my life growing up and uh, in my adulthood life as well. And then also, you know, just throughout life, you know, I raised in a church, all of those good things. And, um, you know, whatever, you know, if you're a listener, you know, your particular belief uh, is your particular belief. I believe in Jesus Christ. And, um, and a part of that, man, when things would get difficult, you know, I would ask God all the time, like, why in the world is this happening? Right. Um, you know, money get funny. And then you'd be like, man, like what's going on? What's going on right now? You know, things are just off the wall, you know, what's, <laughs> what's happening. And, um, I remember one time and I was in prayer and I was asking God, you know, well, why did I lose that job? It was a job that I really, really loved. It was a job that I uh, wanted to have. I felt that I would, you know, work this job or work in this particular field forever. I felt like this was my career. I felt like everything was, um, you know, was hitting all at once. Like, boom, I'm, you know, making money. Things are going well. And then all of a sudden, boom, my company gets bought out and then I get fired. Listen to this. When I get fired, this this how I feel. <laughs> Y'all heard that? But I'm telling you, man, like I was so sad. I was, I was just, I was like, man, just let down. And um, I came to this point where I was in prayer and, and I believe that God began to tell me that your problem, the, 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 the job wasn't the problem. The problem was where you placed the job. And I was like, you know, what do you mean? He said, you know, you put so much priority in prioritizing this job and being there and being, you know, all in the face of everything that you're doing. And you put the job in the wrong place. And he says, anything that you put above me becomes my enemy. And I was like, wow, like what? And he was like, anything that you put above me becomes my enemy. And I'm talking to all my commas that are out there listening right now. You know, your particular belief system is your particular belief system, right? But anything that you put above God, that relationship, that job, that career, I know you're an entrepreneur, I know you're grinding and all of that type of stuff, but don't allow or never allow, should I say, your job or what you are building become take more precedence than 
uh, having simple fellowship with God. And what I mean by simple fellowship, it was like, you know, like I felt like I was too busy to even pray. Like, you know, like just small things like, you know how uh, Ice Cube say, woke up in the morning, got to thank God. Like I didn't even do that. Like I was just like, yo, like I'm just grinding. Like I'm out here, I'm working, I'm doing good for myself, making good money. He says like, yo, like that is wrong because you have the wrong perspective of this job. Whatever's paying you, you have to understand no matter if you are entrepreneur, no matter if you flip houses, no matter if you work in corporate America, no matter whatever it is that you do, you have to understand that whatever is paying you works for God. <laughs> like, I don't know no other way to say it. Like it works it like that works for him. Like, and you have to come to a place, even in the midst of all of your many commas that you are, that you have, that you embody all of those things. And in the midst of all of that, you have to come to a place where you're saying, yo, I'm not going to spend more time developing this than I do. Well, I, and, and when I say time, please hear me because, you know, I don't want you to listen to this podcast and be like, well, I'm on my, you know, I'm grinding, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this for 10 hours a day. So you mean to tell me I need to talk to God for 10? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying your, imp your, your importance of making sure that you are talking to God in some shape, form, or fashion? Are you having some level of meditation time, some level of quiet time, some level of time where you are allowing your spirit man to rest? And what I came to the realization of when he said that, he says, everything, you know, anything you put above me becomes my enemy. And you got to understand that whatever is paying you, it says, like, literally God was telling me, like, whatever is paying you works for me. And in that moment, what I realized is that Everything that takes care of me, unless it comes directly, like unless it comes directly from God's hand, which I have not seen yet. I won't I want God's hand to hand me down a million dollars. Like just open up the sky, put your hand out of the sky, <laughs> put your hand in the middle of the sky and just come and just bust up in my place and give me a million dollars. All right. Thank you. Uh, I pray for that. Amen. Um, but um, everything that pays me everything that was paying me, everything that does pay me, everything that adds increase to me is a middleman. It's a middleman. And I came to this realization then that the middleman will always change. The middleman can always change. And what I had to like live in the epiphany of was every job that I had was a middleman. When I was 16 years old, my first job outside of doing odds and stuff for my grandfather, my, my, my first real job was working at Finish Line. I've always been into sneakers. That's been always been my thing. And I worked at Finish Line, and I liked working at Finish Line. But Finish Line was a middleman. After Finish Line, I went to Foot Locker. I worked at Foot Locker. I enjoyed working there. I hated my boss, though. Oh, I hated him. Oh, my. Well, not hate. Let me not say that. That is very, very, very strong. And I don't want to be that strong. But I'm saying uh, I, I very much so disliked him. Let me say that. I disliked him quite a bit. And, um, yeah, we just, weren't, we, we just weren't the best of friends. And I left there, went and worked with my best friend, Wayne, which you guys know Wayne, Wayne McKnight. 
if you if you're not following Wayne McKnight Jr., uh, you need to be following him. Wayne McKnight Jr. on Instagram uh, for motivation, man. That dude is a wealth of motivation, like for real. Um, so me and Wayne went to go work at Old Navy. We were the worst, the absolute worst. And uh, we worked at Old Navy and we would try to get the same schedule. We lived right around the corner from each other. So we would, you know, carpool. We went to the same high school. We would carpool to work, man. Like, but they hated us working together because we would never get nothing done. We was getting on everybody's nerves. Uh, <laughs> so a part of that, um, then after that, boom, I worked another job. Then I got a job at Signal Healthcare, uh, my first year in college. Uh, then when I was in college uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, I worked. Y'all, see, this is why you'll never judge your book by its cover because y'all, y'all look at now, right? I worked third shift at McDonald's. Third shift at McDonald's, second shift at UPS uh, while I was in college. And um, struggling college student, um, literally um, started, you know, doing, you know, doing all types of eyes and then stuff. I worked for a moving company before. Then I worked for Renner Center. Y'all remember, well, Renner Center still, still is like alive and well, like still to this day. I worked for Renner Center. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time I worked for Renner Center and Renner Center would give you a title, right? They'd be like, you are, and when you're younger, like those titles mean a lot. Like you think I'm going to get paid a lot of money. They was like, you know, you are an account supervisor. I was like, supervisor. Oh my God, I am a supervisor. And I was so excited about being a supervisor, not understanding. They just meant that I was going to go and like try to pull people's couches out their dang old house when they didn't pay us. <laughs> or, or I was going to go and grab TVs. I remember one time, y'all, now this is the God to honest truth. Man, me and this dude named Mike, we worked at Renner Center. Shout out to Mike. He still follow me on Instagram. Um, uh, me and Mike worked for Renner Center. We went to go pick up a TV. Y'all, y'all ain't going to believe this. We went to go pick up a TV. The dude cussed us out. We went knocked on the door. Dude cussed us out. Said, you got me effed up if you think I'm about to let you come in here and take this TV. And we was like, sir, we got to get the TV. This dude went back into the, went back into his, uh, went back into his room or went back into his house. He shut the door. We just thought he was shutting the door on us. But so we stood there and we was knocking on the door like, yo, we got to get this TV. Now, mind you, the flat screens that, that we have today, no, that wasn't, uh-uh. It was a flat screen with the big back. That joint was heavy, heavy. B. I'm talking about heavy. So we was like, man, we just ready to grab this and going about our way. He shut the door. We knocking on the door. Literally, he comes back and opens up the door. He sick two pit bulls on us. Man, when I tell you I ran like my life depended on it, we saw these pit bulls coming out this door. We turned around. We was running. We left the truck. The, the rental center truck backed into his driveway really because I because we had time to jump into the truck. So literally <laughs> I'm laughing now, but this joint was not funny then. I promise you, I promise you nothing about nothing about it was funny at all. Like like little we, we ran and ran and ran. I ran and jumped on somebody's car. We and like literally he ended up calling the dogs back in or whatever. And so we went and got in the truck and we just drove off. I don't know if they ever got that TV from the dude. But anyway, so I don't went on this whole tangent of this story. But um, through that process, um, working there, 
<clears throat> leaving that job, then going through the process of where I was a property manager doing well, uh, and then company being bought out, losing my job. Uh, this is when we hit the recession. Um, I couldn't find another job. I kept applying for jobs. I went back to McDonald's to try to uh, get a job at McDonald's. And I remember the supervisor at McDonald's told me because I had a, uh, because I had a college degree, he said that I was overqualified to work there. And he said that he had to hire for longevity. And he said that uh, I would just be taking this job on temporarily until something else came open and he needed to hire for longevity. So he wouldn't even hire me at McDonald's guys. I had lost everything. You know, if you follow me, you know, my story, uh, you know, I lost everything. I lost my home. Uh, my house had got broken. Well, before I lost my home, my house had got broken into. I was in Atlanta. I came back from Atlanta. Uh, my house had got broken into. They stole, and this was when me and Wayne were roommates. Uh, they stole everything, like my clothes, my under. Like you stole my underwear, dude. Underwear, shoes, everything. Um, and all I had was the bag that I had took to Atlanta with me. That um, I had took with me and Wayne. They had stole Wayne stuff, stole our TVs, uh, everything, and. Um, Wayne went to go stay with, uh, who is now his wife, uh, Crystal. Um, and I, uh, literally, man, like I, uh, went down a downward spiral, right. You know, um, couldn't get a job, was applying for jobs. Nobody would hire me, nothing. And, um, I was on this journey trying to figure it out and my pride wouldn't let me go back home. Um, and so I literally, I started sleeping in my car I started going to the washeteria. I, I had a laptop that I took with me to Atlanta and on my laptop that I had got from this guy that I bought it from off of Craigslist. Shout out to Craigslist when Craigslist was like jumping um, before people started trying to kill people, meet up with them and rob them. Um, but like I bought a laptop and on this laptop, it had Photoshop on it. And so I taught myself Photoshop. I taught myself a trade. I would watch YouTube videos and learn how to do Photoshop. This is when YouTube first came, came out. When YouTube read, you had to watch those commercials. You know, wasn't no way around it. And um, and I started writing people on MySpace and telling them I did flyer designs. And so I started doing flyer designs for people. Then one of my boys was throwing was throwing parties in Atlanta, and um, he had a spot, uh, a contract with the spot that spot ended up hiring me to be, to be like their quote unquote in-house designer. So I would design uh, flyers for them and I would get paid every week. That's how I was paying my cell phone bill. I was paying my cell phone bill. I was having enough money to eat, but um, literally I was going and driving to people's houses, staying at people's houses, sleeping on their couch or sleeping in my car outside of the washeteria. I would go to the washeteria to watch a little TV, middle of the night, wash clothes, that's how I was washing my clothes um, and still applying for jobs. I, I was lying on all types of resumes. like. <laughs> but in that moment, that trade became my middleman. However God chooses to pay you, that becomes a middleman. The reason why I'm on this right now, because as a comma, you have to understand that you got to move with the flow of whatever and what, like wherever, for one, wherever God takes you, but then also understand wherever God takes you, he's going to provide a middleman and you cannot be so prideful that you overlook or you push back on the finances that the middleman is called to provide for you. This is the reason why you should never worship a job. 
I know some of us ain't going to like that. You should never worship a job. You should, you know, as much as we like now, um, after the pandemic, um, I think I used to say this before the pandemic, I said, nothing is secure outside of Jesus Christ. I used to say that people would be like laughing at me. Now, you know, there's job security. You always get job security benefits. If the pandemic didn't teach you nothing else, it should teach you that nothing is for certain, like nothing. And, um, and so, man, I got to this point where, you know, I had lost all this stuff and I was, uh, just doing whatever I could to survive. Like legit, I was doing whatever I could to survive, man. Um, and, um, I remember, I hadn't paid my car note in a while. Um, didn't have, really didn't have the money for it. I was, I would go to, I would hang out at University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Shout out to UTC. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Shout out to University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Shout out to them. I would go to UTC. I would uh, have a book bag on with my laptop in it. I would go to the CAF. And I had friends that went there. They would get me food. They didn't know I was struggling. They didn't know I, they didn't even know I was homeless. I was legit homeless. They didn't know that. Um, and so, but I would only go up there like twice a week because my clothes rotation, <laughs> cause all my stuff had got stolen. So my clothes rotation wasn't that strong. So, you know, I had to switch it up, but I couldn't show up all the time. Cause then they'd be like, you wearing the same thing. They didn't know I was going to the washeteria at night, wash my clothes. And so, um, I would go to UTC um, I had a Nissan Altima at the time. My other car had already got repossessed because um, I had two cars when I was working the good job. And uh, and literally, I go to, um, I'm at UTC. I go one night, uh, I go to the library at UTC. I'm working on some graphics because I was, you know, anywhere that I could have free Wi-Fi. Um, I was doing some graphics, emailed those graphics out. I went and I got in the car. And I let my seat back to go to sleep like I would normally do. Uh, let my seat back to go to sleep. And as I'm sitting in the car, uh, it's about 3 something in the morning, I hear a knock on my window. I hear a knock on my window. Um, I'm kind of tripping because I'm like, what is this? And then I get up. And um, and then uh, when I look up, it's the repo man. The repo man, they had a sensor on my car. That's when they started putting up sensors on the car. And um, the repo man uh, came and, tell, and told me I got to get out of the car. He's taking the car. They are repossessing my car. And um, I was like, wow. Wow. Like, so I grab all my, all my, you know, my book bag, my, my bag of clothes and my shoes out of the car. And I'm sitting, standing in the parking lot, watching my car get repoed. Like legit. Um, I call my, my God brother, Tyrus and Kim, shout out to Tyrus and Kim Godbolt. I called him. They said, come and live with us for a little while. I told them, I didn't tell them how bad it was. I just told them, like, yo, man, my car got repoed. You know, things are a little difficult for me right now. And uh, they was like, come live with us. They had been telling me to come live with them, but I, I, was, I was too prideful. I went and I lived with them. At that moment, they became a middleman. Like, you don't understand, like, people come into your life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime, man. Like, one being one particular reason, right? You know, like, maybe they fed you when you were, when you were struggling, like, that was a middleman. Then a season, you know, where it's like more than one particular thing. But then, yo, it's like, you know, like seasonal relationships. I did a video on um, on my Instagram, a uh, reel, excuse me, on my on, on my Instagram um, saying like seasonal relationships are like a gallon of milk. In their ripe time, they're good for you. But outside of the expiration date, they become bad for you. And you got to know 
that, yo, every season of relationship has an expiration date on it. And there are some people that are like, you know, the lifetime relationship. They fall into that category. And they're like the roots on a tree. They, uh, they're not always seen, but, they, but they're what you need to be nurtured and for you to survive. And so um, they checking on you. They sowing money into you. Um, I can't tell you, man, like now, like how many people like come into my life, they like, they'll be like, dude, like you blessed me with this, or you said this, or this helped me. And I applied this and Hey man, here's a thousand, here's 500. Like they, you know, like they, those people right there, like they don't always have to be seen. Um, you know, like I believe Wayne, you know, has been in my life, man, for freaking forever. Wayne, Chris, like, you know, like they've been in my life for freaking forever, man. Like those are my lifetime is my lifetime guys. Like, you know, I grew up with them and, um, you know, even them being a lifetime, like Wayne being a lifetime guy, when I started getting back on my feet and things started happening and I knew I, I saw the hand of God kind of moving middlemen in and out of my life, you know, and, uh, jobs, you know, whatever the case may be. I remember Wayne came to me and Wayne said, Hey man, um, you know, we talk every week and, um, that's cool, but I need you to mentor me. And I'm like, what? Like, this my this my guy from high school. Like, you know what I'm saying? He like, you know, I need you to mentor me. Wayne is older than me. You know, he's like, yo, like, I need you to mentor me. And I'm like, man, I got you. Like, you know, like, yeah. And he says, no, like, I'm going to pay you like your other mentees pay you. And I'm like, well, you know, mainly I I, I just charge really for my time. It, you know, it, it's because, man, a lot of times people don't take Things serious until they pay for it. Like you pay attention to what you pay for it. Like, and so a lot of times when stuff is free, you kind of take it for granted. Like, but I know you're not going to take it for granted. And he said, no, he said, you making a living just like I'm making a living. He said, it's just that the way you make a living is through your intellect and through what you have survived. So I'm not going to mistreat what could bless me and my family for the rest of our lives. Right then and there, he gave me a thousand, he gave me a thousand dollars and was like, yo, how much he was like, yo, like I got this. I need you to be this. And from that point on, I realized like God is setting like middlemen in my life around me. And that's the same thing with you. And all I'm telling you in this podcast, as you build your commas, as you build your revenue, as you build the things that you desire to build, don't overlook the middleman. But also at the same time, don't worship the middleman. Your pride will have you overlook the middleman. Like people are coming to your life to try to help you, and then you'd be like, you know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And you're really not good. I can't tell you, like, the reason why I don't blame anybody for the situation that I was in uh, with sleeping in my car and so forth and so on, because a lot of times people would try to help me but my pride would not allow them to. I would turn down the help because I was so prideful. But I'm telling you right now that you can't allow your pride to overlook the middleman, and then you can't be so enamored with the middleman that you begin to worship the middleman because the middleman is a pawn. The middleman is hired by God. And I'm just here to tell you on this podcast. Now, I ain't preaching to you, but I'm just talking to you, all right? I'm just telling you this, that you have to understand that the middleman will always change. And as long as you know that, you'll put it always in the right perspective. So all my commas, I appreciate you guys for being on. I appreciate you guys for hearing me out. I appreciate you guys for listening today.
right? But understand that the middleman will always change. And listen, man, I can't wait to talk to you guys soon because, you know, we got more and more and more episodes rolling out every single week. So, man, listen, keep paying attention. Keep it ear to the street. And I'm telling you right now, the middleman will always change. I'll see you guys next week.